You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 88 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members only subscription tier on versusmikehistory.com. Don't back down. Don't back down. Like what you what you see, what you feel, what you need, there's nothing wrong with that and that you deserve it. So ask for it. Like before you before you think you gotta pivot or change or fix or accommodate, like ask for what you want first. And definitely like to know that you you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what to do better than you. Because I think that that happens to a lot of us. We we start to listen to a bunch of people that we think know more, or they've been in the game longer, or they done more, or they we think they could take us somewhere we can't take ourselves. But that's actually fake. It's not real. family we are back it's your boy back behind the mic once again and you know I'm a little tired like I'm not gonna lie um been really busy really really busy trying to put stuff together for the podcast and you know just life in general and you know it's getting warmer out and there's a bunch of other stuff you know gotta get in order gotta get new fits gotta plan trips gotta plan out all of this content i gotta shoot for the next couple of months got podcasts interviews to record and and schedule and concerts to film and travel trips to travel trips trips to record and you know document and things like that so i've been behind the scenes doing a bunch of that kind of stuff also working um, I hope everybody is being safe. You know, COVID numbers are going down. Shout out to that. It seems like we're going to get our first like normal summer since the pandemic has started. I know that people have been outside since we've been in this situation, but, um, I think like everything being fully open and a lot of the restrictions being, um, being lifted is going to make a big difference in, you know, how much people enjoy themselves this summer compared to the last two. Got some stuff on the docket for today. Um, Going to keep it quick as usual. And, um, you know, some stuff to touch on. And, you know, we got a little episode. Let's go ahead and get started. Now, as always, we got to leave with love. And I want to start by giving a shout out to everybody who works from home. You know, um, I want to focus on everyone who works on home works from home, excuse me, this week, because um, having a job that you work at home, it doesn't mean that you have any less of a job than somebody who, you know, works in person every day. And, you know, we got news that the president is looking to have everyone um, go back in person and, you know, kind of leave remote work behind. But, you know, a lot of the jobs that we worked before the pandemic started didn't necessarily require us to be in an office. So there's really no need for that to become a norm again. 
And um, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's holding that sector down because um, it's very important that, you know, we recognize change and we grow and we move forward rather than reminiscing and staying in the past. That's why this country is the way it is and the why the world is the way it is. But shout out to everybody working from home. And yeah, let's go ahead and keep moving. All right, let's start here. A DAO is trying to buy the NFL's Denver Broncos for $4 billion. And I'm getting this from Decrypt. Dot co, so bear with me. From attempting to buy the U.S. Constitution to Super Bowl ads, DAOs have been trying to spin big. Now, according to CNBC, one is trying to buy the Denver Broncos. A decentralized autonomous organization, DAO, is one of crypto's latest buzzwords. It refers to a group of people who come together to raise funds for a common mission. In this case, the mission is to buy an American football franchise, but the possibilities are a myriad. We know it sounds a bit crazy, but it's also a bit badass, Sean O'Brien, who is spearheading the Dow, told CNBC. The purpose to is the purpose essentially is to establish an infrastructure so that fans from all walks of life can be owners of the Denver Broncos. The Dow, dubbed by the Broncos Dow, will need to hit the Broncos' four billion dollar valuation mark to be successful. Um, I think that this is a dope idea, and I wanted to highlight this because you know I've been integrating more crypto news into the podcast because I think that you guys need to know and be aware of this new technology that's um, coming to the forefront of our society. But more importantly, I think that um, this idea with with uh, buying a professional sports franchise specifically is a very interesting one because we haven't seen um, a group of people try to purchase a franchise in order to give the power of the franchise back to the people. This is a brand new idea. And I think this is very exciting. And I think that even if it doesn't go the way that um, we may want it to, or the way I may want it to rather, um, it's interesting to see how this process um, falls, falls into place and um, whether it it, it succeeds its goal or not, we are um, introducing new ideas into the atmosphere about what ownership means um, in in reference to one person versus a group of people, um, equity, equality, and all those things. So it's really good. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. All right, next up I have here that black female World War II unit recognized with congressional honor, and I'm getting this from stripes.com. In this photo provided by the U.S. Army's U.S. Army Women's Museum, members of the 6,888th Battalion stand in formation in Birmingham, England in 1945. On Monday, February 28, 2022, the House wo- voted to award the only all-female black unit to serve in Europe during World War II with the Congressional Gold Medal. Um, a four, the 422-0 vote follows a long-running campaign to recognize the 6,888th Central Post Directory Battalion. The Senate passed the legislation last year. The unit, known in short as the 6888, was tasked with sorting and routing mail for millions of American service members and civilians. Only a half dozen of the more than 850 members are still alive. It's overwhelming, Major Fannie Griffin McClendon, who was 101 and lives in Arizona, said when told of the vote. It's something I never even thought about it. I don't know if I can stand this. Um, this is beautiful news for this battalion to get recognized by the United States government. Um, the United States government fails continuously to recognize the accomplishments of um, black people throughout history and in even in modern history. 
So um, the fact that we that there was a campaign to give recognition to the 6000 women who were a part of this battalion and that it took so long, um, you know, it's it's disappointing. But I'm glad that these women got the recognition that they deserved and that people will be able to learn about it in the future. And that's what really matters. All right, I have here from Shadow and Act that White Man Can't Jump Reboot, co-written by Kenya Barris, taps Jack Harlow to star. 20th Century's White Man Can't Jump Reboot has found one of its lead rapper leads in rapper Jack Harlow, who will make his acting debut in the film. As Deadline notes in their exclusive report, Harlow blew producers away in what was his first ever audition for an on-screen project. The film is being directed by Cal Maddock with a script from Kenya Barris and Doug Hall. Barris is producing through his Color Below Ink Society banner along with Blake Griffin, Ryan Khalil, and Noah Weinstein who are executive producing through their Mortal Media banner. Cal Maddock, who directed the cinematic video for Lil Nas X's Old Town Road, is also directing the upcoming House Party film for HBO Max. The reboot of the 1992 sports comedy starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson with Rosie Perez sees Harlow in a similar role to Harrelson in the first film. Um, so this is going to be a transparent moment for me, but I have never seen white man can Joe. I've never seen it. Um, I am a fan of Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, however, but, and Rosie Perez, but I haven't seen the film. Um, what do I think about a reboot of that film? I mean, whatever. Cool. You're right. The, 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 the powers that be in Hollywood are already remaking everything else. And, um, this is just another one on that list. How do I feel about Jack Harlow, however, being casted in the opposite role, uh, in, in Woody Harrelson's role, however, I don't think that rappers acting is a good idea to be perfectly honest, unless that is actually a field that you would like to pursue professionally for a long time. Um, I'm not hating. I mean, like if, if he can do the, if he can play the role, he can play the role. Like, but I mean, I feel like this just seems like a cash grab an easy slam dunk in terms of, uh, getting a check cut by a big company to produce something that people already recognize, but not really, you know, that's kind of the era that we're living in. Uh, I don't really have any opinions about this, I guess. I mean, it doesn't sound smart seeing as he hasn't been in anything else, not a TV show or a skit. Well, I'm sure he's been in skits, but, um, you know, we'll see how this goes. That's all. I just wanted to report on it. All right, guys. So as you know, the United States has, uh, included themselves in an international conflict that regards Russia and the Ukraine. Um, and amongst all of the conflict that's going on overseas right now, um, we just learned some new news that Brittany Griner is arrested in Russia. Uh, and I'm getting this news from CNN, so bear with me. For days, family and friends have been clamoring for the release of two-time Olympic champion Brittany Griner after she was detained in Russia on drug charges. Now hundreds of strangers have joined the effort as U.S.-Russian tensions escalate amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
Griner 31 is a championship winning player with the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury and spends her off seasons playing for the Russian team UMMC in Kat at Katerinburg. Excuse me. The Russian Federal Customs Service said an American at um, Sheremetyevo Airport was carrying hash oil. Russia's Russia's Interfax news agency quoted a statement from Customs Service, which did not identify the traveler by name. Um, I'll stop there. I think this is interesting. This is interesting one because we as Americans are just finding out, finding out that Brittany Griner has been arrested in Russia over hash oil, over having hash oil in the airport, which means that she's been arrested for days to weeks. I believe it's been weeks now. Um, it's very unfortunate that it seems that a lot of citizens are receiving the short end of the stick when it comes to this conflict between nations um, I didn't really want to get into a lot of the politics behind that because I feel like as black Americans, it doesn't necessarily involve us. So I didn't feel pressure to speak on it. But this um, story directly um, involves our culture. So, you know, I pray for the release of Brittany Griner and I hope she has safe travels back home. I hope everything with that situation gets solved and resolved as soon as possible. And if, you know, she was getting paid enough by the WNBA, she wouldn't have to play overseas during off seasons. So I'll leave that grain of salt at the end. All right, let's go ahead and get into some word of mouth. So I want to talk about a few things. First and foremost, um, I want to talk about Conway leaving Griselda. Because I, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, and I'm kind of curious to know um, what caused it. He speaks briefly about it in his project, but he doesn't allude to any specifics. And I just want to, I'm just curious to know how that all impact. Um, this project that he just released was on Shady. And I know like right before that, he announced that he was no longer a part of the Griselda group. I think he's still on Griselda Records, though. Um... And yeah, this is really interesting to see because these guys are, you know, um, a few years, just a few years in and they have a lot of work out already. But um, I want to know what's going on with my guys, you know, like this is that's a very interesting development that, you know, we haven't really gotten to the bottom of or really even, you know, addressed seriously. But I'll leave that there and move on to some some other drama. Uh, some other great people or some other people that are great at rapping, um, that being the group Slaughterhouse are at odds currently. So Joe Button, Royce the Five Nine, Joel Artis, and Crooked Eye all make up the group Slaughterhouse or did rather. Um, recently Joel Artis and Crooked Eye decided to, uh, record a group, uh, a collaborate, a collaborative project called the rise and death of slaughterhouse i believe and um they released their first project off i mean they released the first uh song off of the project that you know basically describes um why the group the super group hasn't been able to record and they pretty much put all the onus on joe button 
and Royce the Five Nine, with the excuses of Joe Button did not want to record an album on Shady Records, which he has said himself, and Royce the Five Nine saying that he would not record a Slaughterhouse album without Joe Button because the three of them are not Joe Button. I mean, the three of them are not Slaughterhouse. Excuse me. Um, which I think is also fair. Uh, I won't really get into my personal opinion on, you know, who I think is right or wrong, but I do think it's a little disappointing to see these four gentlemen going back and forth or rather Royce and Joe going back and forth with Crooked Eye and Joel Ortiz. Uh, I think that these guys are better than that. I think that they are too old to be arguing on social media and that, you know, the excuse that a lot of people were waiting for closure on the slaughterhouse chapter, I don't think is necessarily true. And I think that, you know, this, uh, what may have had pure intention was received, uh, with ill intention from the two other band members. And I think that they should handle it in private and I wish that this wasn't an issue of money because it absolutely is. There wouldn't be an argument if it wasn't an issue of money. And, you know, these are these are all four gentlemen who are extremely good at rapping, one of which is retired. And I don't see why they can't all have prosperous careers outside of Slaughterhouse. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, and I'll leave that at that. Moving on to some other stuff, though. I have um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the game, the game's drink champs interview. Uh, so after I went to go see the Batman, I sat down on my couch, rolled some herb and watched this drink champs interview that featured the game. And it was magnificent to see somebody, you know, just say things out of their mouth that weren't necessarily true or that they might not even necessarily believe some of the things that some of the notable things that game said during this interview was that Kanye West did more for him in the past two weeks than Dr. Dre has done for his entire career. Uh, he also said that he skinned the monkey that, uh, was on the artwork for easy. He also said that he's a better rapper than Eminem. I don't necessarily know if I disagree with that at this current point in stage, but I do know that Eminem was a better rapper than in the game at one point for a very long time. Um, what else is something that he said? He said that he felt like he was G unit when he broke up with game. I mean, when he broke up with, uh, with 50 and banks and Yayo and all of them. And he just spoke about a lot of different things. I think that it, it is actually a great interview and he does speak about, um, his influences as an artist and about a lot of hip hop history that he was involved with that I think that people should definitely check out. But um, I just don't like the idea that game. He the, One of the things that he speaks about in this interview is that he thought that the rap industry was real life. That's one of the major things that he says. And based off of his music and his actions, I can tell that that was a true statement. However, it seems as though he went from thinking that hip hop was all real life to realizing that it wasn't real life and now becoming a character. And I don't know how I feel about that, but it was definitely an entertaining interview.
It's definitely an entertaining video. I mean, interview. Uh, and a little wild to see somebody, you know, drink a whole bottle of Classe Azul. Uh, insane. Nevertheless, I think you guys should check it out. Nori and EFN talk over game the whole time. As usual, those are my guys, though. And then Wack comes in at the end and speaks about, you know, whatever Nori wants to talk to him about. Uh, a lot of West Coast stuff. And yeah, it was a good time. I think that it was dope. And I think that's pretty much all I have for word of mouth, you know? All right, let's go ahead and get into some new music. So I have here that the baby and NBA Youngboy, they released uh, an entire project called Better Than You. Um, this was released via Interscope in Atlantic. Um, two of the biggest artists in the industry right now. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I'm not necessarily fans of either of these young men, but shout out to them. Um, the Cool Kids releases Before Shit Got Weird, a 21-track album. Um, glad to see these guys um, working and, you know, healthy and doing well. Haven't gotten to listen to this project either, but I will be checking it out soon. Smoke Dizza, uh, Lim Low, 183rd. They release an album called Driplomatic and Immunity. Um, this is about eight songs, and I have not gotten a chance to listen to it yet, but um, I will be listening to that soon as well. King Von, What It Means to Be King. Rest in peace to King Von. This is released via Only the Family Entertainment slash Empire. So shout out to OTF holding down that young man's um, legacy. Malia releases What's After I Love You, or Malia, excuse me. Um, what else do we have? Tanache with the deluxe version of 333. What else do we have here? And um, that's pretty much it in terms of albums. Let me move over to singles. So I have The Alchemist and Cool G Rap with Diesel. I actually really like that record. Um, a Boogie and B-Love will hit different. Haven't heard that one yet. Uh, Lil Wayne and Machine Gun Kelly, A. Uh, Digga D and Moneybag Yo with G-Lock. We got Pusha T and Nigo with Hear Me Clearly. Head High, Joey Badass. I actually really like that record. Blast and Zakari with Sometimes. I heard a bit of it, but I didn't finish the record. I think it's pretty cool. T Grizzly with Beat the Streets. Moray and Corday with Still Here. And that is all I will report on. So shout out to everybody who's releasing new music. And um, I've just been having Joe College's John Blaze and um, my boy John Crawford released his four pack recently as well that I've been listening to over and over again. Let me go ahead and give my boy some some promo. Um, we have here. The I-I-W-I-I pack from John Carford. I probably should have asked him what that stands for, but I forgot. Um, on this project, we have Trap, False Pretense, Die For Me, and Recovery. My favorite two records from the four-pack are Trap and False Pretense, Trap specifically. Um, I didn't release an episode last week, so I'll talk about some some older releases because Gon, uh, Conway released God Don't Make Mistakes last week. I didn't get to talk about that, and um, the sound selection is actually coming off of that project. 
Um, and I think that's pretty much. Oh, Robert Glasper released Black Radio 3 as well. Uh, I didn't get to report on that. And um, I think I'll leave it there. So shout out to everybody who released new music. All right, let's go ahead and get into some new television movies and trailers. Hmm, where should I start? I'm not going to start with the Batman. I'm going to start with Snowfall. Uh, Snowfall episode three, season five, has been, was really good. Uh, but season five in general, because I haven't really spoken about it since the season started, has been phenomenal so far. This show only gets better. And I'm not going to lie, I was very reluctant to see what happened during the season because I thought that, uh, you know, the show would go into a decline since the passing of John Singleton, but it has not. It truly has not. Um, the show is continuously, continues to be well written. Damson Idris is a rock star. His acting ability just gets better and better. Um, everybody knows their role on the show and you know the plot holes are few and um are very few i think that this show is really good and i'm glad that it's back because it has been quite a while um what else do we have forces on tv right now i'm not hearing a lot of great things about it but i do know that 50 um I do know that 50 was complaining about stars not renewing it, even though it had the best numbers, the best premiere numbers for stars or something like that. Killing Eve is on its fourth and final season. I have not watched any um, episodes yet, but I plan to by the time I get back here for you guys. Genius. I finished that. Um, Genius was a really good documentary. I could say a million things about the legacy of Kanye West and you know, how he inspired me to be who I want to be in life. But everybody should just watch that documentary and, you know, um, take away from it a personal thing rather than me coming here to, you know, step step on my soapbox and preach about why Kanye is who he is, who he thinks he is. Bel Air is well into its season. I have not caught up on this show yet but I've heard amazing things um and let's go ahead and get into the Batman so Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz star in the Batman that released this year um it is a noir take on the superhero franchise of the Batman um with that being said it is still very true to the character I think that the film is done extremely well the fact that Gotham City itself is a character in this film um, is a very big plus for the franchise. One of the main things that um, that this film got right that the Christopher Nolan franchise sort of fell flat on was the the development of Gotham in the first film and then you know kind of just having it be a New York backdrop in the final two films especially since a lot of a lot of the film takes place on the streets of Gotham so we should see more of it in terms of its citizens um the people that make it go around its business owners the mob things like that rather than these uh grandiose batman stories 
that's how I personally feel. I think that this franchise leaves room for different interpretations of things that we've already seen. In addition to things that we have not seen yet, like Court of Owls, like Hush. Um, I'm really excited to get into those storylines. Um, if we get a sequel, I do know that HBO Max is developing an Arkham Asylum series for their platform, as well as a Penguin movie uh, starring Calvin Farrell, who is also in this film and does amazing. Um, the score is outstanding. One of the best things about this film and the long airtime is was not an issue for me. You know, if the story went by really fast, I will say that the third act dragged a bit. And um, it was a bit anticlimactic, but overall, the film does an amazing, fantastic job. These are just my opinions um, as a, a filmmaker, as um, yeah, as a filmmaker. And I think, oh, and I'll speak about Robert Pattinson's performance, which which was absolutely amazing. I think that one of the great things that he captured about the character in this film was that it was truly the start of his career as Batman rather than, you know, something that he's just been doing for a long time that people recognize him for. Um, there were a lot of small instances in this film that showed how new he was to the profession, his lack of speaking, um, him being, uh, I don't want to ruin the movie, but uh, there were a lot of little ticks in this film that alluded to Batman being new to his profession as well as it just being flat out explained to us but the performance matched the script um zoe kravitz is absolutely amazing in this film she's my favorite part about this film actually uh she steals every scene that she's in and she's absolutely stunning and you know i just want to go back to this world already man it's is very it's a very exciting world and it's a very expansive world so I hope you get the opportunity to stay here for a while and it doesn't get muddled by, you know, um, more ridiculous Batman villains. I hope we stay a little bit more grounded. I know that the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy was also grounded, but this is grounded in a different way. Um, I think that we have the potential to see uh, supernatural villains in this universe. However, they will sort of dial it back in terms of realisticness um, to match a world that, you know, we may believe we exist in currently rather than something that we are leading up to. I hope that makes sense. And that is my take on Batman. All right, guys. And that is what I like to call a wrap. So as always, send topics, questions, music and movie suggestions Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram and the Fanbase app at Versus Mike History. Follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Conway the Machine and it is entitled Lock Load. And it features Beanie Siegel. Happy belated birthday to Beans. And I will see you, beautiful people, beautiful black people, at the next episode.